from The Australian, here's what's on the front. I'm Claire Harvey. It's Thursday, August 24. ACT Health Minister Rachel Stephen-Smith bragged to Labor Conference about the tactics she used to pass legislation decriminalising drugs like cocaine and methamphetamine. The Australians revealing today Labor took the issue to the election quietly to avoid a public scandal, and the opposition says it was calculated and sneaky. Two of the nation's top barristers have backed the use of a controversial truth serum in the criminal justice system, sodium pentothal, which experts say reduces a criminal's capacity to lie, could help police locate victims' bodies. The profits of pizza chain Domino's have plunged by an astonishing 74%, and it's all because skint Australians won't cop a small delivery fee. In today's episode, what Domino's disastrous year can tell us about the cost of living crisis. For the past year or so, this sound has been unavoidable on your TV screen. It was Domino's new ad campaign, and it was accompanied by a new charge the fast food giant quietly added to bills, a delivery service fee. For an average $30 pizza delivery, the fee added an extra $2 or so. For customers, it went down like pineapple on a meat lovers, and Domino's annual results now show the delivery fee contributed to a whopping 74% fall in profit for the financial year. Domino's is still making plenty of dough. After-tax profit was $40.6 million for the year, but they say they've learnt a big lesson. Yes, yeah, so, so Don Mage, the boss of Domino's Pizzas, and was fairly apologetic sometimes as a CEO can be to say, yes, they made a mistake. Yes, they stuffed it up. Yes, they were wrong. Eli Greenblatt is a senior business journalist with The Australian and he's our resident retail expert. Domino's say they saw customers dramatically reduce repeat orders and they also suffered serious cost increases over the year for core ingredients like cheese and wheat. They'll be cutting about 200 jobs from head offices. But there was this wholesale kind of revolt from customers who just didn't like that. Now, maybe they were very sensitive to price, especially in this current environment, especially when pizzas are seen as very cheap kind of fast food that you order in. So he was apologetic for that. They wouldn't be doing that again. And actually, they've cancelled that fee. But I think it showed to Don and the Domino's pizza team that people are very price sensitive especially when it comes to fast food or maybe food in general, and there's some sensitivities out there. Pizza is actually an important slice, sorry, I'll stop with the puns now, of the Australian economy. Back in 2021, our Richest 250 list showed cardboard manufacturer Anthony Pratt's personal wealth soared thanks to all the pizza boxes his company Vizzy made during the pandemic to satisfy our need for home delivery. Domino's own share price soared during COVID, peaking at $161 per share. Now it's under $53 a share. Don Mage, when I spoke to him, he said that last year when they had this fee, they also lost market share to the hamburger category. He says that the hamburger category didn't increase their prices even as inflation was increasing. So you had the situation where Domino's or pizza put their prices up The hamburger segment, obviously led by McDonald's, didn't. 
So therefore it made that much more attractive on a relative price setting. So he lost customers in that way. Now they've canceled that fee, of course. He says that the hamburger segment have increased their prices. They had to eventually, of course, because inflation was just too much. So he thinks he's going to win back those customers. And, you know, I asked him as well about the comments from the supermarkets at the moment where they're saying that there's a lot more in-home dining, that people are eating out less because of that mortgage cliff, as you mentioned. He thinks Domino's Pizza really fits that well because when you get a Domino's Pizza, it is a in-home experience. You don't eat at the <laughs> store, you have it delivered at home. So he thinks they can do quite well. Don Mage is the boss of Domino's and he seems relentlessly enthusiastic about the product. We've come across great desserts like these new Italian products that we're bringing direct from Italy into Australia. You know, profiteroles, cream caramel, uh, tiramisu. These are just to die for products and we're now bringing them into Australia. It makes sense. The guy has quite literally built his life around pizza. He started at Domino's as a delivery driver, uh, delivery boy really, I think in his late teens, and worked his way all to the top as the CEO of Domino's Pizzas, which is now this gigantic corporation which is not just in Australia, in New Zealand, but also Japan, Taiwan, other parts of Asia, France, Belgium, Luxembourg, the Netherlands. So he's made to the top. He is the eternal optimist. When I spoke to him on Wednesday morning for the results, I mean, you've never heard someone so optimistic and he just put out a result which had an 80% decline in profit. Now, of course, there were one-offs there and costs they had to incur because of some cost-cutting and rationalisation and things like that. But he's Amazingly optimistic. He believes in pizza. His whole life, yes, is wrapped around pizza. Most CEOs would be under serious pressure if profit plunged 74% in a year. Not Don Mage. He's been there, well, since a delivery boy, but CEO since it floated. He's one of the biggest shareholders, so he's got a very strong position. He knows the business back to front. I don't think there's anyone else out there. There's no one really agitating for him to go. The board seemed quite supportive. They're now rebuilding again the share price. So I don't think there's any pressure on him yet. I think he's there for the long haul. So I think he'll still be there. He's not going anywhere. You won't see another fast food company make the Domino's mistake anytime soon. But some food vendors have a different problem as prices rise, a wave of shoplifting. Stay with us to find out who. Access a world of true crime podcasts on CrimeX Plus, where award-winning journalists take a deep dive into unsolved cases. Every week, we're waking up to a dead woman, a dead mother, sister, auntie, grandmother. It's not good enough. From the team that brought you The Teacher's Pet, Shadow of Doubt and Dying Rose, unlock early, ad-free and bonus content from brand new series and flagship shows such as I Catch Killers with Gary Jubilin. One was shot in the mouth and I thought he was dead. Another one had been shot with a shotgun and I got the overspray. Search for Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts to start digging deep into the world of true crime. So, what's the red line when it comes to the cost of living? It feels like lunch used to be a $10 proposition. Now, it's more like 20 But if you work in the city, you'll have noticed plenty of people are still queuing up at lunchtime for a sandwich or a salad. If you buy two coffees per weekday, and we're not even talking about macadamia milk here, that's $50 a week. It seems that for some people, it's an affordable treat. Coles and Woolworths both call out trends that they're seeing is that people are going for the cheap private label 
going from red meat to chicken perhaps, going from expensive cuts of steak to cheaper cuts of steak. They're making savings there. And then they do want that affordable treat. And for some people, that's chocolate. For some people, that is a coffee at a, at a coffee shop from a barista. For some people, it is buying lunch near their workplace. So they will spend it there and they're making that sacrifice in some ways. Perhaps that person who spends $55 a week on coffee, perhaps they've cut $200 from their weekly budget by buying steak only once a fortnight instead of mm. twice a week. Are you making your lunch and bringing it into the office? Yes, I am uh, a lot of the time, yes. But also I kind of feel sorry for all the cafes around us. I want to support mm-hmm. them because I'm down in Melbourne and I think we're still struggling down here with going back to the city. I, I don't know how some of these cafes survive. It's looking pretty empty in Melbourne. But yes, it's a lot smarter to make it at home and I do that quite a lot. I'm very happy with the instant coffee in the kitchenette at Newport. <laughs> I think it's good enough for me. From the second you walk into a major supermarket, your behaviour is being closely watched. Not in a creepy way, just because gigantic retail chains make billions by getting to understand their customers and predict their behaviour. A lot of the retailers are calling out a more frugal shopper, a more careful shopper. The Woolworths boss on Wednesday, Brad Banducci, was saying he's seeing a lot more shoppers being very frugal and careful with how they spend money. On Tuesday, the Coles CEO, Leah Weckett, she was saying how she's seeing a lot of customers who are spending a lot of time at home uh, budgeting, planning, working at meals that can last them a week that they can cook up and freeze and then have for the length of the week coming into the stores, being very careful what they buy, sticking to budgets, sticking to meal plans. Brad Banducci made the comment that when you go out shopping for food, that's really something that you can control. It's hard to control your electricity bill, who understands it. Uh, If you need to drive your car, you've got to pay for petrol. You don't really set the mortgage or the rent, but you can control what you spend on food. And so people are being very careful, very frugal. There's careful spending and then there's stealing. Coles, in its annual numbers this week, noted a 20% rise in theft from stores. So I think at one end, the lone shoplifter who steals one or two things, typically, you know, a piece of meat or a cleaning item or something like that, yes, there could be some of that cost of living pressure. And I think a lot of the charities and a lot of the social welfare organisations have also picked up on that, that there are a lot of, especially pensioners, very tough right now and they don't know what to do, how to pay for their food at the checkout. Self-checkouts may be playing a small part and they have increased security. You know, people will have maybe seen those video cameras. You can see yourself when you do checkout. Calls are installing smart gates at checkout, at self-checkouts. So after you hopefully pay for your goods, even then there's a last check when you walk out where some smart technology checks if you paid, then allows you to leave. But it's not just about people doing the dodgy at the self-checkout, accidentally forgetting to scan half the avocados or dropping a packet of batteries into the bag. Cole says it believes there's something more sinister going on. Organised crime, that seemed like a relatively new thing and accounting for a lot of theft, and that's a real problem. This kind of new phenomenon of gangs, organised crime swarming into stores, stripping shelves, looking for particular products, and then, as she says, selling them online for a profit. We're seeing that internationally as well. Woolworths didn't call it out as much as Coles, and a lot of us are kind of scratching our heads on that. Woolworths did say there's been an increase in crime, but they were saying it's kind of back where it was before COVID. They didn't call it out as much as Coles did. 
So we're kind of wondering why are they saying different things? Is this a coal-specific problem or is this industry-wide? And we're just not sure as yet. Eli Greenblatt is a senior business reporter with The Australian. On September 6, if you're in Brisbane, we'd love you to join us for The Front Live with me, Hedley Thomas and Dave Murray from our podcasts like The Teacher's Accuser and Shandy's Legacy. We'll be talking about investigative journalism, podcasting and sharing a drink and some canapes. To register, go to theaustralianplus.com.au. My name is Manny Karoudis and I'm a former New South Wales policeman turned investigative reporter with a passion for missing persons cases. I'm here to quickly tell you about our True Crime Australia podcast, The Missing. In this series, I look at old missing persons cases which have all gone cold in an attempt to try and uncover new information which could help see these missing people reunited with their loved ones or any form of clue that could bring these families closure. The Missing is available now wherever you get your podcasts and early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts.